the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. We want to build connections with our readers or our listeners in ways that are above and beyond the normal, hey, this is what you need to know about the law. You know, so often lawyers feel comfortable talking about what they know. And so anything we can do to sort of build a bridge to clients or potential clients it really goes a long way towards establishing rapport and getting people to, as you say, know, like, and trust them. Run your law firm the right way. The right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, good to be back on the air. Always happy to have guests, but always happy to be on with you. Lots to talk about today. I think we've got a good topic, and uh, you want to introduce it? Yeah, before I do, though, I want to give a shout-out to Todd Mandel. He's a listener. I didn't know he was a listener. He's an attorney in St. Louis. I ran into him in the elevator yesterday, and he said he liked the show, and he said he wanted to come on sometimes. So we got to get him on, so I just want to give him a shout-out before I introduce the topic. I think it's interesting that you say that because, as you noted, one of our biggest listened-to episodes so far was the first one with Will Norman, and I think that people really like it when we have on lawyers that want to discuss what's going on in their own practice. I think that's been sort of our more popular trend of, of episodes. It's not one of the most listened to. Will Norman's first episode is the most listened to episode that we have. And John Fisher's was before, and his, his killed John Fisher's. So sorry, John, will knock you off the mountain. So anyways, so yeah, I think you're right. I think that people love listening to really people that are in their similar situations that they are. So, But the topic of the day is really introducing our personal stories into our marketing. This was your idea, and I think it was really great. And I think it may have come after we listened to Marcus Lemonis speak. Is that where the idea came from? Yeah, that was definitely part of it. And then uh, Pat Flynn had an episode on Smart Passive Income that made me sort of remember why it is that we infuse our marketing with our personal stories. Really funny. So this is all sort of tying together. I talked to Mike Campbell the other day. And Mike Campbell has got a very, very personal story about personal injury that I'm not going to tell. I'll let him tell it if he ever wants to tell it. But it's something that really allows him to relate to his serious injury client. And I, I was telling him that he needs, when he's comfortable, he needs to really use that message because it allows you to connect with your clients. And I think it's so impactful when you can bring those personal stories to the table, whether you are meeting with the client, whether it's over the phone whether it's in your marketing messages, whatever it may be, if you can 
bring in your personal stories. It just allows that added layer of connection. Yeah, you know, obviously I don't do personal injury work anymore, but I have been a plaintiff of my own. I, I was involved in litigation and I remember what it was like to get emails from my attorneys and being able to tell that to clients when I was doing tort work. I think it really helps build that connection. And that's really what we're talking about today is that we want to build connections with our readers or our listeners in ways that are above and beyond the normal, hey, this is what you need to know about the law. You know, some so often lawyers feel comfortable talking about what they know. And I don't think they're necessarily doing it in a braggy way. I think we just sort of slip back into lawyer speak. We spend a lot of time with other lawyers. We were trained to talk a certain way and to think a certain way in law school. And that, that sort of builds this artificial wall between us and potential clients who obviously are not lawyers for the most part and do not sort of run in those circles. And so anything we can do to sort of build a bridge to clients or potential clients it really goes a long way towards establishing rapport and getting people to, as you say, know, like, and trust us. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, who does a really good job of this is, because this goes to your point about all the attorneys doing the same thing, is if you go to a lot of attorney websites, their marketing is blank number of years in business or of experience. They've got these awards on their website. They've got a free consultation, all that kind of stuff, right? You look at Steve Bartle's website, he has a really good one where he he talks about why he became an attorney and why he does what he does. And it's really great. So if you're going from website to website looking for a client, that's a really good way of differentiating yourself. Because everybody I've talked to that I've shown Steve's website, they're really just shocked about how great it is and how you, you can really build that rapport early on with just a, a change of your homepage. So that's a really good way that, that attorneys listening to this can really, if you go just go to your webpage, change it, make it more personal, tell clients why you're doing what you're doing, uh, it's really going to allow you to build that rapport before they even call your office. So what are some ways, Tyson, that you have tried to be more personable, to be more relatable, and to uh, maybe some specific examples of times where you've talked about yourself or revealed about yourself that sort of made a connection that you know of with some of your readers or listeners? Well, I will tell you this. I usually, as you know, I, I came from a blue-collar background. I, neither one of my parents graduated from high school. My dad's a mechanic. So you have to know your audience. And so, but anytime I'm meeting with a client that is in a lower-income category, I always sort of try to bring something like that up because a lot of times what they'll do is you have these these sort of these barriers that you're what you're talking about between you and the client because they automatically assume you know I'm an attorney these are just assumptions that they make I'm an attorney that that you know I'm I'm, I'm wealthy you know I've got really nice suits drive a sports car have a nice house and so they have these thoughts about you and they, they have these barriers that you sort of have to break down and so I, anytime I go into a house or meet with a client in my office that is of lower income, because you even tell a lot of times, I tell those stories. I tell those stories about growing up, and I do it all the time. I do it without exception, because I want to be able to relate to those clients, and they really love it. They really do. You, you can tell, you can see as their shoulders start to, you know, get more comfortable. They, t they start to breathe a little easier. They know that I'm just not some suit. I will tell you, I do that without exception, because it does allow me to relate to these clients. Well, that's great because anybody that knows you knows, in fact, that you don't have any really good suits, that you drive a crappy car, and that you don't have a nice house. So I think that the faster you can get that to people, <laughs> I think that's a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, I'm going to get you. 
I think that you're right that I was talking to my son Yusuf yesterday and, and he said, dad, most people hate lawyers. And I think we forget that sometimes, especially when we are in our lawyer bubble, that a lot of people just sort of come in, like you said, with preconceived notions about, about us and who we are. And I think that, you know, they sort of assume we were born on third base and that we just sort of, you know, got a lot handed to us. And I think that anything you can do to relate, like to talk about jobs that you had when you were younger or, you know, that's the real thing about about personality in your copy or in your messaging is that what you're trying to do is just find something that connects to someone else. And, you know, John Fisher told this story when he was on our show, but when I first was in Ben Glass's coaching group, I went to the first conference that he had. And then a year later, I went back. And during the course of that year, I had gotten his newsletter and I had read a lot of his messaging. And I knew that he was a marathon runner, that he runs marathons with his sons. And that when I came back from that second conference, I had literally, I don't think, spoken to Ben, or maybe I talked to him for just a minute. But I said to my wife, when I came back, I was telling her about the conference. And I and I said, yeah, my friend Ben Glass ran the, the uh, Marine Corps Marathon a couple of weeks ago because she's a runner and she likes to run. And, and it just struck me that I introduced this person to my wife conceptually that I had never actually met. And so to call him my friend when it's someone that I hadn't even met, that really stuck with me. And, and it became, for me, one of my guiding principles in my weekly newsletters is, you know, not only do I not want to be boring, but I also want to introduce people, not in a salesy way or a boasty way, but just you know, like telling things that happen around the office. Like one of the things that I got a lot of reactions to was when I did that interview with Channel 4 and on the day that they called, I was dressed like a bum. So I had to put on a shirt and tie and I went out and stood on the street and got interviewed in my shorts and my Oxford uh, shirt and my tie. And I could have been a big fuddy-duddy and just, you know, taken that picture that someone took of me and put it in a file somewhere. But that, that just seemed like something that would break down one of those barriers of a stuffy attorney and people absolutely loved it. That is actually my favorite picture of you. It's pretty, pretty awesome. I always prefer a little more clothing on you though, but um, that's just my personal preference. You know, it's really interesting. So Chet Holmes, his book, Ultimate Sales Machine, he talked about how you should always incorporate your stories into your marketing messages. And so that's something we actually have tried to focus on on the initial phone call. And so anytime we try to either have Angie or Kelsey tell stories about me or Chris or, or about uh, similar clients, obviously they don't mention the client's name, but similar cases to those clients, just also sort of build that connection because Chad Holmes just talks about the same thing. It's all about building those connections. And so at any point you can insert that message and that's where like, the way you do it's great because with your social media and with your newsletter, you are always tying in those personal pictures. You know, I think you you, you had something with you and Amani. I don't know if it was her birthday or if it was uh, your all's anniversary. I can't really remember what it was, but it was uh, I believe it was a picture of you and Amani in your newsletter. It was really great. And can you speak to, I know personally that any Facebook post where I incorporate my family, especially my kids, gets a ton of clicks and shares. It's just incredible. Do you have any numbers or just anecdotally, do you know, like click-throughs for your newsletter, if, if it's increased with that as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have specific numbers, but I know that we've gotten a, a lot more engagement. Whenever I tell stories about, you know, things in our family, people always, just from the responses, I always get many more responses when I'm telling something. Like, so on Monday, I was doing my Monday newsletter and it happened to be my daughter's eighth birthday. So 
I just sort of talked about her and her, you know, sort of her birth story and then about how she's, you know, such a great part of our life. And then, you know, then I sort of segued from that into talking about how, you know, just as much as I love my daughter and just as special as I think my daughter is, my clients who are living in Syria trying to get to the United States or who are living in France and want to be reunited with their mother, they feel the same way about their family. And so I always try to do a little bit of teaching about immigration and try to make it relevant. So, you know, like Anor and I once went to an indoor soccer game and there was a client of ours playing for the ambush. And, you know, so I was able to sort of tell that story about, you know, how Noor got to meet the soccer player and he has this kind of visa and I use that to sort of tell a story about the visa. And, you know, so that's one part of it. But really, the greatest example I have of it is using my social media. My most popular things are with stories about my clients. So, you know, immigration is generally a happy place when people are done. Immigration, not deportation, but immigration is a happy place. And people when they get their green card or they get their citizenship, that's something where I can, it's completely about them. It's not about me at all. I tell the people's story. I talk about how they're contributing and helping out in America. And I really do that to sort of combat the anti-immigrant messaging that's out there, but also just to help build connection and people look at it and say, well, if that person can do it, then I can do it. And, and it's just so much more interesting than, you know, not to bang on our buddy, Gary, but sometimes these emails that we get with, I got a $100,000 verdict and blah, 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 or $100,000 settlement. I know that's important, but it's just sort of dry and, and it's not story-based. When Gary gets his clients on and has them tell their story or talk about how good Gary is, or when Gary tells stories about diving and his trips, I think people find those much more interesting. Let's rag on Gary for a second. and we're gonna, We'll allow him to defend himself. We can bring him back on. You're right. And I think that that's a good example of bad marketing. All right. And I'll, we'll, we'll let him defend himself. People don't care about your million dollar settlement, whatever. Other attorneys may you know, like on it. Hey, congratulations, whatever. But guess what? It, you're not building a connection. And actually, a lot of people are turned off by it. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this guy bragging about how much money he's got. Right. So I think you should maybe whenever you're crafting your marketing message and, and trying to incorporate these stories, think about how the end viewer is going to view it. And if they're going to be sort of turned off by it, you may not want to do it. Now, I will say he does something through LinkedIn where he does something very similar. However, I think that that's probably a better way of doing it because I'm guessing he's fishing for referrals there, which is a good idea. So you show how great you're doing at personal injury. Other attorneys are going to be more likely to refer you cases because you, they're going to get you the most bang for the buck. So I could see maybe that's why he's doing it there. In his newsletters, I completely agree with you. So he, he's got to change the message. We'll bring him on. We'll let him uh, let him defend himself. And we, and we can compare side by side yours versus his. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, but that one element of his newsletter, he needs to cut out just because I, I just don't think people care about it. I, I, I think that they're, most people are turned off by it just because it's, it's, a, it's more bragging than anything else. Uh, and there is there is a formula somewhat that you use, right? Where you where you break up your newsletter, like how how much of it's personal, how much of how much of it's business. Yeah, I, I almost always lead off with a story about something that's the family or something with the firm. Like if Adela had her baby or if something happens that's interesting that's about like real life stuff and not about the law. I think that's a good way to start. And I think Gary's come a long way in his defense. I mean, when he first broke off from his partner and wanted to do his same old marketing. It was a lot of those Missouri Lawyers Weekly reprints with this settlement and that judgment and all that stuff. And that's all well and good. But in, in all honesty, when I see those, my eyes just sort of glaze over and I scroll down to the next thing to find something interesting. 
hey, I want to read you an email that I got a while back. And so one other example of this working was uh, when the the latest Star Wars came out, I guess it's episode seven back in December of 15. I sent out an email. Actually, I made a YouTube video. I got all my old 1970 Star Wars toys and my daughter and I set them all up, my Millennium Falcon, my Death Star, all my little action figures. And I set them all up on the table. And then I I went through a video with her and showed who all these people were and everything. And then I sent that out in my newsletter. And obviously, it has nothing to do with immigration law. And I also talked about how my son, Ibrahim, in another story, was doing a a class presentation on being a lawyer or like he had to act like he was a lawyer. And one of my clients from Iraq sent me back this email. Hi, dear Jim. I always read your weekly email info you share with you, and I feel so honored of that. When I read about how much you like Star Wars movies since you were a kid, I feel, wow, how nice you share that with me because I like that too. And today in the morning, I read about your son who has the same name like my dad had. Ibrahim was so wonderful to take a part of that information. Ibrahim, the lawyer. It feels like I was reading about my favorite nephew. That email made my day. Thank you so much. My best wishes to your wonderful family. Very nice. I love it. And that's that personal connection that you build with that client. That's fantastic. How'd that make you feel when you got that? Well, I think I think that we, when we meet with clients, we're actually probably pretty good at building rapport. And I think that most people who are talking to people look for one way to make a connection. I mean, who would think that a, a fellow from Iraq, who does happen to be around my age, would like Star Wars as much as I do? So you never really know what's going to build that connection. And I think it really is a way that, you know, you never know what you're going to hit on and what's going to spark a a note with particular people. So I I think that, you know, half the content I write, I don't necessarily do it with an agenda. I just write it, sort of let the chips fall where they may. All right. I want to sort of highlight the point that we've made here, like where you can insert your messages. And I'll give a couple more examples where you can, or at least from me. But you can do it in a newsletter. You can do it in the initial phone call. You can do it on hold while people are waiting to talk to you. You can do it in, I don't know if I said newsletter, I think I said newsletter, newsletter, initial call, initial meeting. You can do it through videos. So that's something that I've done with our staff. So people get to know the staff is I've interviewed them on camera and that video goes out to the client so they can get, feel like they get to know, they they can put a face to a name and sort of get to know your staff. That's another way of doing it. And it's something you reminded me with that email of one, we send out a Christmas card every year and it's a picture of the family with the dog sometimes, not always, but picture the family, and it goes out to everybody. And I remember one year, a client posted on Facebook and tagged me, and he said, he said, the only Christmas card I got, and he said something like, not even, didn't even get any Christmas cards from family. The only one he got was from his attorney, and he posted it on Facebook with a picture. It was fantastic. So there's things like that where you connect with people, and you don't really realize it until, until they let you know. So you're making more connections with these people than what you think whenever you do really insert these personal messages. So do you have any more, uh, I guess, ideas or tips or feedback on how people can insert those messages into their marketing or into their operations? Well, I just think that if you took all the types of ways to communicate about yourself and to convey personal stories, that video is without a doubt the easiest, the quickest, and the deepest way to build a connection with someone. I mean, they don't call Facebook, Facebook for nothing. It's about the face. And so anytime that people can see your face and your personality will come through when you have 20 or 30 videos on YouTube, 
people are going to get to know you by the way you talk, the way you smile, the way you act, the way you laugh. And I just think that video, there's no substitute for it. And it can be on a green screen like we do. It can be at your desk. I mean, it's just, it's, there's no substitute. You can take all the other ways to try to build rapport other than face-to-face, but video is the one way where you can do it and it's working all the time for you because people can watch their videos whenever they want or wherever they want. And there's just no equal substitute for the way that you can tell your story and only your story on video. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, I'd watch a lot more of your videos if I could blow your face out, so I don't. Mm. But um, no, I'm just kidding. I couldn't agree with you more. Video is a game changer. If you think that you're too late to the show on the, for the videos, you're not. You still have time. John Fisher did point out something the other day. I can't remember if it was on uh, Maximum Lawyer or Mastermind Experience, but he did say that uh, he was talking about how there's a lot, so many junk live videos now. It's sort of uh, diluting a lot of the messages, but I still think there's plenty of opportunity there. And even if you're not going live, actually doing recorded video on YouTube, it's showing up. A lot of mine are showing up in, in the searches and yours are as well. So I think that's still a great way to go with video. They get to know you. It's, it's really interesting the type of client you get whenever they've seen your video as opposed to one they've just found you on the internet or heard whatever it may be. It's really interesting how different it is. And I had a client uh, a couple months ago, she was telling me how great she loved the videos. And then she went to our YouTube page and, and her channel and watched a bunch of the other videos. She said, oh, my gosh, it's so great. I had all these questions I was going to call you about. And I, I, did, I didn't have to because I was just watching your videos. She's like, keep doing it. So um, there's plenty of benefits to, to doing video. So do you want anything else to that? Do you want to get to the tip and the hack of the week? Well, I want to know when you're going to start your newsletter and start telling people your stories week to week. Um, well... How about this? I want to give you a firm commitment of a week from Monday. So this is going to hit, I think, in two weeks maybe. So the first, the week that this launches, I will have my first newsletter out. Deal? Yeah, it would have come out the day before, right, this episode? Exactly. It'll come out on Monday. Great. Well, you have all the tools now with the new Infusionsoft email builder. It's just as easy as can be. And once you build out the template, then it's just a matter of coming up with the stories each week. And you've got plenty to talk about. And it's not like you don't have any news in your life. So you got plenty. To- That's true. I did send an email last year. And I don't I don't really consider these newsletters. So I do send emails throughout the year that are a little personal. I sent one on Halloween. I sent it uh, one on Christmas Eve. I didn't send it on Christmas. And it was about, you know, what, how we uh, growing up enjoyed Christmas Eve and the excitement about it. So those are just a couple more ideas how you can actually insert some personal messages. I think on the Halloween one, we talked about how awesome it is to sort of get the kids dressed and in their costumes and all that. So I do insert those messages throughout the year, just not necessarily through a newsletter. So I'll definitely have the newsletter. I'll, maybe, I'll even, uh, maybe I'll even plug my, my least favorite immigration attorney in it. Who knows? So um, give us your hack of the week. So when we were getting ready to leave Infusionsoft's convention, uh, we did, or I did count a little bit of Vern Harnish, and he led off with three books that he recommended, and I'm making my way through two of them. And one of them, I really don't know what to make of it. I don't know why he picked it. I think I think it's going to come up to a, a business point towards the end, but I'm reading this book by Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment. And at first, it's all about him and this hippie lifestyle he had back in the 70s. But I, it's just, it's the craziest thing. I can't stop listening to it. I don't particularly love the book. I don't think it's the best book ever written. But the story and the way the author reads the story, and I'm listening to it on Audible, 
but anyway, I think that it's it's going to teach me some lessons, and it's definitely teaching me some lessons on just chilling out. But in general, I think it's going to get to a point where he's talking about how we can get, you know, more connected to ourselves and sort of still our mind. And from a standpoint right now, as busy as we are, anything that I, any chance I get to be quiet or to meditate, it's really time well well taken. That's a really good one. Before I get to my tip of the week, I do want to remind everybody, we haven't done this on this show, to go to the Facebook page, uh, request to sign up for, or not sign up, but request to join the Facebook page. Make sure you like us uh, Facebook. There's an actual uh, group and a page to go to both. And then also make sure, uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. It helps us quite a bit. We're getting some steam. We're getting, our listens are going up quite a bit, but we need people to actually like the review because it helps us get more listeners so and this is a free podcast it doesn't cost anything don't even have advertisers so you could uh, at least share it we, we appreciate it so my tip of the week is actually an app and it's an app slash a website and i'm gonna i'm actually going to give a tip of the week on something i have not used but it's something that is really really cool uh, that I want to use, I've not, I, and really the reason I'm doing this, I want to sort of get feedback from listeners to see if they've used it, see it's worthwhile. Something called Tableau, T-A-B-L-E-A-U. Have you heard of that, Jimmy? No, I haven't. Okay, so what it does, that really, you plug in all of your services that you use, marketing-wise, business-wise. So uh, QuickBooks, you plug in any other, say, like Square, you use that for sales to, to, to take credit card purchases. You're going to plug in Infusionsoft. You're going to plug in Ring Central. You're going to plug in all these services that you use. And it's going to break down. It basically digests all the numbers for you. So it's got these algorithms. And what it does, it, 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 it identifies weaknesses in your business. It identifies opportunities in your business. It analyzes all of that data. So I think it's a fantastic idea. It looks pretty freaking awesome. I just haven't had a chance to use it. So if anyone, any listeners have had experience with it, I'd love to hear back from you. Email me, Tyson at MaximumLawyer.com or Jim, Jim at MaximumLawyer.com. We'll have you on the show if you've had some experience with it because it, it sounds like a really, really awesome service that could benefit us as attorneys. So I wanted to give a tip. I, it's one of those ones where I have not. I, all, all the other ones we've either used or, or benefited in some way. This one I have not. So just take that small caveat, but um, Jimmy, got anything else? Yeah, I was just going to say that if any of our listeners want to get on the show, they should shoot us an email or hit us up on Facebook that I think that those episodes when people have something they want to talk about or get our feedback on, those have been the most successful and most helpful, I think, and the ones that people feel the most connection with. So if you want to be on the show, just send us a message on the Maximum Lawyer Facebook group page or message us and, and we'll get you on. And we know there's a couple people that have requested to come on. We haven't had you on yet. We will have you on. We promise. Just with scheduling between me and Jim, and then also the the, the other guests, it can be be hectic at times. We'll, we'll get to you. We promise. But again, yes, absolutely, Jim. If we have people that want to come on. We we love having people on and sort of uh, analyze or whatever you want to say your situation and maybe help you talk through it, walk through it, and everything else. So, Jimmy, I don't have anything else. I think it's a pretty good episode. All right, buddy. Have a great week. You too. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.